Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is evangelist Justin Cooper coming today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm excited today as we get into a Bible verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's a powerful statement, and you'll know what I'm talking about as soon as we see it together here in just a moment. Let me challenge you before we get into our study to be a Bible student, and I do this as often as I can, but I mean that if we could get every person who says they're a child of God to love the Word of God, we'd make a difference. Why? Because it would make a difference in our life. Bible reading Christians are grounded, they have a foundation, they have roots, and they're more stable. They're not tossed to and fro. They're not going to be so flighty and emotion-driven. They'll have principle nailed down in their life. And it's so important that you and I read and study the Bible. Now, it's okay, and it's in fact, it's right to get your Bible from Sunday school and get the Bible from the preaching. But also, as a Christian, we got to grow and have a personal Bible study time every single day. And you might read through one chapter in the Old Testament, one in the New every day. You might read through uh, a, an Old Testament chapter, uh, a psalm, a proverb, and a New Testament chapter every day. Uh, I know some people will read psalms, proverbs, and acts. They read psalms for praise, proverbs for, uh, for wisdom, and then acts for power or for, uh, for zeal and direction. And that's fine as well. But you ought to have some sort of a method, a plan of attack to studying your Bible. I think it would embarrass a lot of folks if we were to go around to service, take time, share the microphone, and say, tell me what you got from your Bible today. Many of them would probably have not even picked it up. It ought not be that way. And yet I come to church, already studied up, prayed up, fed, uh, I was going to say fed up. That's how most folks come fed up. But, but uh, fired up and ready to go to church. So let me challenge you. Be a Bible student. Get a Bible reading plan. There's plenty of those. There's apps even you can get that will have a Bible study, Bible reading plan on it. And anything's better than nothing. And let me challenge you. Start it. A daily Bible reading time. Now, we're in Genesis chapter 6. This begins the narrative of Noah. We read last broadcast the first several verses, and we'll look at verse 5 and following again for setting the scene. But uh, we remember uh, the story here. Man has increased in wickedness. Don't forget this. Man is not getting better. Man is, is getting more uh, depraved as the generations come. We are not getting holier left to ourselves. We are becoming more and more full of hell left to ourselves. The world would try to teach you evolution. Things are getting better. But the Bible teaches teaches us de-evolution, things are getting worse. We don't work ourselves from dust upward. It was from dust downward when man fell. And that's why we need God. We need God to step in and thank God he did through Jesus Christ, and that can get turned around if he got saved. But as a whole, society, humanity, is on a downward trajectory, and it's spiraling fast. And we're going to see what happens here. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And God saw that. The wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I'll destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. So God is saying, everything that has been touched and tainted by the wickedness of man, I'm going to destroy it. Wait a minute. Think about this. The beasts, 
the creeping things, the fowls, that's collateral damage. They are not the ones sinning, quote-unquote. It is man that is doing wrong. It is humanity that is being wicked. It is mankind wrapped in sin. But the beasts, the birds, all of these creeping things, they are going to be destroyed as collateral damage of their sin. Think about it. When you and I sin, when we mess up, it will not just affect us. It affects things around us. There is collateral damage that comes as a consequence to doing wrong. And we're going to see all of creation at that time is about to be wiped out because of wickedness. Now, there is pleasure in sin for a season, but seasons are short. They have a beginning. They have an end. It's fun while it lasts, but it doesn't last. And when it's over, the wages of sin is death. God is angry with the wicked every day. God will judge sin. So God now is intervening. He's stepping in. He's seen enough. God is not unaware. God is not aloof, disengaged. God sees it all. The Bible said God saw that the wickedness of man was great. Every bit of wrongdoing, God saw it. Every instance of iniquity, God saw it. Every moment of rebellion, God saw it. By the way, before you put that beer bottle to your lips, God saw that. Before you decide to smoke that cigarette, God saw that. Before you click on that illicit picture, God saw that. Before you go that uh, route that you ought not get, God saw that. Remember, God, <laughs> see the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. He beholds the evil and the good. All right, but watch this. We are in chapter 5, and he died, and he died, and he died. In chapter 6, we begin with man is wicked. God is going to kill them all. God's going to judge. God's going to wrap this world in water and just take away every sight stain of sin and start again. Then we come to this verse. Verse number 8, such a powerful verse. Here it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What a statement that is. In a world set to do wrong, Noah wanted to do right. In a world that was unrighteous, Noah tried to be righteous. In a world that was godless, Noah was godly. In a world that everybody was bending to the trend, Noah stood like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Everyone else was just running to and fro, wrapped up in the moment, living for themselves, feeding their flesh. But Noah was doing his best to honor God. And the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There's a good lesson here. In a generation where everybody else wants to go wrong, you can go right. Where everybody else wants to fold, you can stand. When everybody else wants to change, you can continue. When everybody else wants to live in sin, you can try to live godly. You don't have to follow the multitude. You don't have to run with the crowd. You don't have to fit the statistics. You don't have to fall in line with the overwhelming trend of the hour. I'm glad you and I can stand up, stand out, and we can be different. And Noah found grace. God gave him grace. Now listen, I think he already was finding grace. I think he was finding grace before grace <laughs> found him in this verse. I mean, I think God was giving him the grace to stand and the grace to serve and the grace to do right. Because you better believe the pressure was high, the, the pull was strong. You better believe that the, uh, the, 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 the peers around him were set to do wrong and try to get him to follow suit. But Noah found grace. Thank God for that. I'm glad God's grace is sufficient and I'm glad God's grace is always on time. God's grace will come to you and I and it might always, not always come in the same fashion or the same form. 
but it's always formidable and it's always what we need we might need this grace for that or that grace for this but God knows how to apply his grace to our life to help us please him and the Bible said Noah found grace isn't that good as God scanned the scene of humanity and God saw the multitude set to do wicked God saw like a beacon in the night God saw like a lighthouse on the darkened shoreline one man a star in the atmosphere of his hour that that was still shining bright for God and he said you know what that fella I'm going to give him some more grace he's doing what he ought to do give him some more grace now you might feel that way you might feel like you're the only one left the only one serving you're a pastor and you feel like you're the only star in the sky you're a a deacon you feel like you're the only lighthouse on the shore you're a godly parent you feel like you're the only tree left in the forest well let me say this keep on standing keep on shining keep on signaling God will give you grace there is no good time to quit there's no exit ramp in this thing. There's no end buzzer until we see Jesus face to face. We don't slack up. We don't back down. We don't cave in. We don't change. We just continue on, and God gives us the grace. That's what he told Paul. Paul said, God, I've got this thorn in my flesh. Three times he went and said, God, i still got this thorn. He went again, i got this thorn. And every time God said, deal with it. Just, just handle it. Just live with it. And here's what he said. My grace is sufficient for thee. And thank God for that sufficient, adequate grace that can help us stand. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Just like Enoch in chapter 5. Thank God for that testimony, that legacy of Enoch. It didn't die out. Enoch's influence lived on, and it lived on in a man named Noah. And just as Enoch was taken out before the judgment, thank God Noah rises up above the judgment. And there's a lot of preaching in that we don't have time for today. Make sure you join us next broadcast. I'm enjoying my own preaching. That's sad, isn't it? I guess that's good in a way. Make sure you join us next Bible study. We'll continue in this story. Until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.